You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California. The views on this show are not necessarily the views of KUCI, UCI, or its border regions. To learn more about our program or other programs on KUCI, log on to KUCI.org. My name is Ann. You're listening to Operation Community Stimulus. You can always reach me through my website, which is OperationCommunityStimulus.com. Uh, we are, have a very interesting uh, lady is going to be sharing some information with us about a book that she's written, uh, Clogstone Stone Dreams, Diane Show, Show It. Is that correct, Diane? It is. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Diane, thank you so much for uh, calling in to share the information on, about your book with listeners. Well, I'm <laughs> delighted. Well, we're delighted, too. Could you tell us a little bit about the novel? Absolutely. Clogstone Dreams is an hysterical no, I don't mean hysterical, <laughs> I mean historical, okay. humorous love story with magical realism, Jewish themes, a murder, and Southern California wetlands thrown in. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, maybe you could tell me a little bit about the history. It's the history of Southern California wetlands. Hmm. The, ancient, the ancients who dwelled there 9,000 years ago when the place was almost perfect. Think, think the Garden of Eden. Hmm. It includes maritime Shoshones, the explorer Juan Sebastian Cabrillo and his wives, Junipero Serra, and the reason his followers thought he was a saint, Chinchinch, with the face of a coyote and the body of a human, who was the god people believed in before the Spaniards came, American smugglers, farmers who changed the wetlands topography, Wealthy members of a gun club who built a dike stopping the ocean from meeting fresh water. Hmm. When this happened, birds flew away, fish died, and humans caught typhoid and malaria. Oil was discovered in the wetlands in 1920. Men who didn't know how to swim became lifeguards. Guns and underground bunkers were set up to fight Japan in World War II. Then people who owned the wetlands said, let's develop it. We can have houses, restaurants, marinas, boats. It will be such a lovely place. Wow. Sounds like a lovely place to me, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought so, too. I, I first heard about the development when I lived on filled land about a block from the wetlands, and I was jazzed. Mm -hmm. I would be able to walk to a marina, shop in nearby stores, eat, eat in close by restaurants. My husband doesn't swim, but I thought he'd learn, and we'd buy a boat. Probably I was slowest to find out that the Astoria wetlands, like the Bolsa Chica and Huntington Beach, are as life-preserving as great prairies and rainforests. Wow. That's something I think everybody in Orange County needs to know, you know? I agree. <laughs> well, well, I want to hear about this love story here. They, well, first of all, there's more than one. Juan Sebastian Cabrillo falls in love with a Guatemalan before he marries his Spanish wife, and a member of the Habsburg family gives up his name and his right to become a king in order to marry a non-royal. But the main one concerns Dessa, the main character. In 1947, when Dessa's 10, her father's car dies on the coast road between the beach and the wetlands, and at that time the wetlands were ugly, smelly, hmm. 
and poor people lived lived on the beach in boxes, cardboard boxes, and there were a lot of tin cans. That day, Dessa met Leo, a homeless boy, bought a cogstone from him, and saw Leo's grandpa shoot a beautiful girl named Luna with his bow and arrow. And, well, would you like to know what cogstones are? Uh, that's what I'm excited to learn. Yes, please. <laughs> Cockstones are carved rocks, usually made from basalt. They look like stars, starfish, and cogwheels hmm. with, with tooth-like projections that protrude from their rims. They've been found on the wetlands of Southern California in graves on the shoulders of male skeletons, and the male skeletons were always in the fetal position facing east. Hmm. Carbon dating shows that many of the stones are more than 9,000 years old. Wow. How the stones were used? Well, mm-hmm. that's an unsolved mystery. Mm-hmm. In my novel, Cogstone Dreams, they're used for magic machine and dream-inducing. Hmm. Yeah, that that's so amazing. What inspired you to write a, a Cogstone Dreams? What, what inspired that? Well, um, let me see. What, what inspired me? <laughs> I'm trying to... <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what. I've lived on two places mm-hmm. in, in near the wetlands, and uh, one of them, um, one of them there in, in the... Well, in the uh, papers when we bought it, it said that nobody could... That if anybody wanted to go to, to the tennis court, they could just walk over to the tennis court. Well, there was no tennis court, but I decided to look into what tennis court they were talking about, and I became interested because of that. Now, you currently live in Huntington Beach, is that correct? I do. I live on... Yeah, I do. I do. Um, And I do. Would you like to hear about the um, part of the love story? Yes, please. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Um, the love story is about Dessa. In her dreams, Dessa falls in love with Leo, the one that sewed her the stone. In her real life, she meets Micah, and he's perfect. He's smart, he's wealthy, he's kind, he's handsome, and he's madly in love with Dessa. And one day she meets somebody who looks like Leo in her dreams, and she says goodbye to Micah. I'll read you a um, sure. bit of what happened. Sure. Dessa's the narrator here. My right foot fell asleep. I stretched it to stamp out the tingles and kicked a white sock inside of a large brown scuff loafer. I'm sorry, I said to the sock and shoe, then looked up to the face the shoe and sock belonged to and jumped. I was looking at Leo, the boy I had met on Cardboard Beach when I was ten, the Leo who'd sold me my dream-inducing cogstone, the Leo I dreamt about. Leo, I said, do I know you? He smiled, the same crooked teeth smile. We met when we were 10, I said. I was 10. I don't know how old you were. How old are you now? 22. I was 10 and you were 11, I said. Was it in the orphanage or the school? You seemed to have an accent or speech impairment. It was on the beach, I said. When I was 11, I never went to the beach, he said. You're a liar, I said. Instead of arguing... He asked me to dance. <laughs> that's the romance. That's part of the romantic part. It's a real romance. 
Was it really um, in? And you're referring to the Huntington Beach when when you when you did your research and stuff, I believe, right? Right. Was it? It really was like a cardboard city, wasn't it? Uh, they called it Tin Can Beach. Hmm. You know, I used to live in Coronado, and, and I remember that was referred to as the Tent City. I don't know if you knew that or not. That was a Tent City, but mm-hmm. this was called, this was Tin Can Beach, and, they, and mm-hmm. the uh, homes were made out of cardboard boxes. I've been in Orange County for many years, and I did not know that. Ah, I guess you have. I saw it. <laughs> yeah, wow, wow. Um, are, do you have any other books that you're planning to do? Yes, I do. One is um, one is called the Quentin Academy. The what? The Quentin Academy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's uh, well, this is what happens. Pastor Paul Flanders starts the Quentin Academy in 1893 because he doesn't know how to read and he doesn't want the children in his congregation to be illiterate like he is. In 1935, Pastor Paul's son Melchior says when the when the Quentin students leave school, they will teach kindness by example and change the world. Hmm. His brother says, if you want students to change the world, you better attract rich students. Poor, poor pupils like we have can't afford to travel. How will you attract wealthy students? By making the Quentin Academy the best academic school in the nation, says Melchior, and that's what happened. Floyd Flanders became the school's financial officer when Melchior died he had an MBA from Wharton, Wharton School of Business and agreed with Melchior's ideals. He kept the money flowing by investing in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. Everything was perfect until Black Monday, October 19, 1987, when stock markets around the world crashed. The Quentin Academy spans, spans more than 100 years. It's set in Hollywood, think producers and show business, New York, Yiddish theater, remain. Romania, actors, gypsies, and Jews during World War II, the American West, the Flanders, the Flanders Brothers' search for the Second Coming, and Quentin, Illinois, the Quentin Academy. Wow, are you from Illinois originally? No, oh. and that's sort of that's sort of a strange thing. The woman who does my hair mm-hmm. has been telling me stories mm. about a place that looks like it. Her place is called Quincy, Illinois, oh. but but she has been telling me stories, and I have been fascinated. I love it. I love it. I love it. Isn't it, it's so much it's fun to be articulate and put stuff like this together? I'm sure. Sometimes I'm not articulate. <laughs> <laughs> now, we're, if, if a listener wanted to reach out to you to get a, a book, where could they, uh, how could they do that? What's the best way to do that? Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my publisher is Red Phoenix Books. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pro- there's probably lots of places. When I look on the Internet, there just seems to be lots of places, but I don't know if they all belong to my Publish. I, I don't know if my publisher it has sending them out to all these different places, and yeah, I, Amazon and and um, Barnes and Noble have the right price. I've seen my my novel really really expensive. So they would go to Amazon and just research Cogstone Dreams. Is that correct? Oh yes. Uh huh. Uh-huh. That would be wonderful. <laughs> how, how now? What made you get into writing? Is this something you've always wanted to do, or? Uh, I like solving puzzles, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I guess that was one of them. I was a theater arts major at UCLA. Oh, wow. Wow. That's, that is amazing. Well, this UC has got some very good systems, and they've produced some very sharp minds. That's a fact. <laughs> Did you go? 
No, 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 I did not, no, but I've been uh, coming here to UCI since 2000. Uh, I, I've worked a lot with some of the students and clubs and stuff here and I've just fell in love with the whole, um, with, with the whole um, thing, um, you know, the whole school campus here. So, well, Diane, I really want to thank you um, for calling in to share the information with us about your book. And I want to uh, thank you. <laughs> well, it, it's really nice to know that people, you know, can take a, something like Huntington Beach and, and research to bring things to Orange County that I didn't know. Well, you know, some of my research was, uh, my school is, UCLA and mm -hmm. and so I did a lot of research mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. I did a, a lot of. I went to different courses. I I went to courses given by um, two tribes that uh, both claimed to live around Huntington Beach, and I I did research everywhere. But it was so interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, it, this little bitty place, and you wouldn't believe how interesting it is and then the second thing is how important it is oh, i mean i i can't believe what we would have done if we had put houses mm -hmm. and if we had put all sorts of mm -hmm. things there I mean, there was times when they were discussing putting an airport there i mean we would have really ruined it and you can see wetlands mm -hmm. all over the california have been ruined oh no you're absolutely right yeah absolutely. we're lucky yeah. Well, I want to thank you again, Diane, and um, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California. The views on the show are not necessarily the views of KUCI, UCI, or its border regions, so please log on to KUCI.org or check us out at 88.9 FM, and thank you again. Thank you. I see skies of blue Clouds of white Bright blessed day Dark sacred night And I think to myself What a wonderful 